Uh, tēnā koutou katoa, no mai hoki mai ki, the four ball brought to you by Kiwi Golf Club. I'm PJ Campbell, joining me tonight as usual we have Mr Bond, Cameron Jones Golf and is that you Peter? Peter, is that you? No? <laughs> needs to unmute himself first. Yeah bro, podcasting. you need to unmute yourself cuz. <laughs> Oh, I was waiting for Peter to jump in. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How are we, boys? Yeah, good, man. Good. How yeah. are you? Well, that you don't sound very good. That was a very downer response. Um, but for everyone that's tuned <laughs> in tonight, for everyone that is tuned in tonight, um, you can comment below, um, ask us some questions, get involved with the podcast um, and the conversation. Um, but to proper properly introduce the bro. Um, we have Dion joining us tonight. We were meant to have Luke uh, Taylor, who who did that little kind of puppy there. I, I should turn it on, but it is pretty bright and it does blow out quite a bit. So I'll get a dimmer and that should be back next week. Um, but D, thanks for joining us, bro. Oh, thanks for having me. Always keen to jump into a three ball. So thank you very much. <laughs> Make don't, yeah, don't start. That, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll start. We'll start the show how we usually start. We'll do a mental wellness check-in. Um, we'll start with you, D, with your first time being on the pod. Um, how you feeling, man? Uh, ready to go for, I think, what has been officially stated as uh, step one in yep. level three transitioning to level two. Does anyone really know? Yeah, yeah we all know. We'll I, I, think I'm, I think I'm okay. <laughs> Nice, I nice. think. All right, Bondi? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm much the same as D. Uh, level, what is it, 2.96, I'm calling it. <laughs> it's, it's great. I'm, I'm so ready for it. I'm ready to get out there tomorrow and do the exact same almost. Yeah, you've been working hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or hardly, hardly working. I'm really upbeat about it. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Jones Golf? Um, no, I'm all good, bro, all good. Um... Yeah, nearing the end of this um, 75 day challenge. So yep. I'm looking forward to Saturday Ooh. actually wraps up. So yeah. uh, I'll be swapping I'll be swapping out as of next week, I'll probably be swapping out this this Lobros organic lemon lime that is kombucha make for a nice purple pals. Looking forward to that. Yes. Uh, shout out to the boys at Pals. <laughs> but um no, nah, all good, mate, all good. Yeah. Um, just yeah, just getting ready for I think tomorrow we may or may not be able to start coaching. Um, that's the word. I can't really comment on it too soon. But, yep. yeah, looking forward to getting back out there. And, um, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of golf as well. But, um, yeah, I think ready to ready to rip into the coaching again, eh? Nice, nice. What about you, brother? Um, I'm not going to lie, eh? I struggled. I struggled yesterday. Uh, yeah. I struggled on, on the basis of I don't really know what I, what I got out of it. So mm-hmm. it sort of stressed me out a little yep. bit, um, and I wasn't okay. But but I'm okay now because managed to do lockdown, mate. Yeah, man. Like um, I managed to work my way through it, and we're good now, and we're we're back here with the four ball. So um, let's get into the rest of the show. Uh, drinks, yeah, drinks. I've gone with um, sponsor. I've only got one left, though. I've only got one left. Sorry, Ash. Um, I drank them all. In the ship, they're, they're in shipping at the moment, I believe. <laughs> well, I got mine. Taking a couple of months. Oh no, I've got the uh, the tracking number. I've got it twenty four seven on the desktop. <laughs> I know where they are. <laughs> but the, uh, the the orange juice and uh, and, and rum uh, there that's gone quite well. Um, Cocktail. I think I yeah yeah finished as much rum as I could, trying to understand that uh, 
that that report as well. So <laughs> <laughs> last night, so yeah. yeah, it's going still going good. Nice. That's the way. Cam Jones, we got yours. You got that that kombucha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This one, this one's probably my favorite though. Low bros, yep. lemon bitters. It tastes like the real thing. Um, you know, whilst being good for your gut, gut health as well. So I'm I'm happy with that. But what about you, D? I'm just keeping it clean with the zero uh, Canadian club, mate. Wee. Okay. Okay. Just, just going soft, just easing into the first four balls. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> go hard or go home, bro. Go hard or go home. Um, we have a new member, Bondi. We have a new KGC member. Is that correct? Yeah, we have a yeah we have a new KGC member. We're just uh, reaching out there. Uh, Reese Williams, welcome to the the team. Sup, uh, Reese. Avid Jimmy Hyde supporter. He joined up after. Uh, uh, they had a podcast the other week there with uh, Jimmy on board. So, yep. um, yeah, welcome aboard, mate. Hope you're enjoying your pack. Got your KGC hat on. Yep, and it's compulsory oh, yeah. to tune in to the podcast every week, Tuesday at 8 o'clock. If you don't, <laughs> we deduct off your membership, okay? Just saying, <laughs> just saying. Um, Facebook. Who 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 woke up and thought their network was down? Because I did. Oh, right. <laughs> yep. I understand. <laughs> yep. Man, I'm like, was that, what? Was, Did I? Yeah, I'm sure I paid my bill. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm sure I paid my bill, man. I'm I'm up to date. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? I went down to the computer and I still couldn't get on Facebook to check my messenger. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Um, and then I was still getting emails. I was like, okay, next step. Next step, Twitter. Yeah. Let's let's see what Twitter's <laughs> doing. <laughs> Sure uh, enough, it was low key. It was low key, kind of nice though. Eh? Not going to lie about it. Like to be forced to take a break from it. Yeah. Um, even though it was for just a few hours, but it was actually kind of nice. Not going to lie about that. Yeah. Did you? Did anyone else have any mates just text them just because they were yep. feeling a little bit antsy, not message, messaging anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say that's the most text I've ever had in quite a long time. Really? Yeah. Just just to chat. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I got I got on and I was like, oh man, messengers down. I uninstalled Messenger, uninstalled Facebook, went back in, and the part the entire time I was going through it, I'm going like, but I'm still getting work emails. This is really frustrating, <laughs> you know. Can the whole thing be down? Then I'm then I'm okay with it. But uh, yeah, I I was on the phone and all of a sudden someone goes, oh yeah, it's down. So yeah, it's all good. <laughs> James Peter was What's too this? busy yeah. to worry about that shit. Fair enough. No, the first three hours was pretty productive because it was down peak. <laughs> I think I only sent one text, and outside of that, it was yeah. That, that was to today. me. You texted me. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now the the most annoying thing was though is I had a whole bunch of things scheduled to go out on Facebook and on Instagram, and then I had to reset ah. them. That was that was a pain for me. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I imagine there would have been quite a few businesses affected by it. I think somewhere I read, you guys probably saw it as well, maybe that Facebook lose like $220 million a minute or something for it um, for being down, which is hectic mm. to think that, they, that, it, that it can affect people that much or affect them that much, let alone other businesses as well. Yeah. I think about, sorry, think about when where everyone gets their information from now too. Like a lot of us like watch the stream on Facebook and in this time where it was actually quite uncertain, like after last uh, the other night, you're sitting there and you get online and you think, oh, I'll see some sort of an update or a comment that will lead me down a, a path to work yep. out what's actually going on. Yep. And then you can't even get onto that part. So then, I mean, God, I almost had to go buy buy a paper this morning. Didn't even know what to do with my quarters when I walked down the street. <laughs> quarters? Where are you living? Quarters? <laughs> <laughs> the olden days. 
<laughs> right. Um, we'll get into our first talking point. Bondi? Iron covers. Iron covers. You want to start yeah. there? You want to start there? I don't know there? if you want to bring it up like that. I thought wow. we were going to ease into it. I mean, I've got an opinion on iron covers. I think I'm probably with the majority. Um, I think it's a very legal thing for you to do, but it makes you look like an absolute psycho uh, when you bust <laughs> those out. <laughs> I'm just I'm against them. I'm I'm anti what's the rundown? I'm anti against them. What about what about G? Yeah, uh, to be I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Um but I'll I'll support those members that have them because there are a couple. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll <laughs> I've got you back. Yeah. No, I um I don't know. I, I used to be like you, Fraser, I think, and have the same view of being uh, you know, iron covers are for for psychos, but when I heard that Aaron that Aaron Rice story on mm. the um, on the European tour from a few weeks ago, that actually changed my tune on them a little bit. Um, and I think it's you know golf clubs are expensive things, and if someone's willing to look after them, even though they might look a little bit different, um, you know their price positions. You know it's um, yeah, my, my my tune certainly changed on that. So I'm going to have to dis- disagree with you hard there, phrase on that. Indeed, um, I, I wouldn't use them personally, but I, I won't lie. Growing up, when I got my first set of Titleist 735 CB MB combo set, I had iron covers, um, the neoprene ones with the numbers on them, and pretty sure I lost half of them within the first few weeks because they always kept slipping down the bag and then falling off, and then I forget to put them back on. And um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not against them, but um, you know, I support anybody that wants to keep keep their tools nice and clean. What about you, Pete? Um, before I answer, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, bro. Are, are you are you against them because everyone else is against them, or are you against them because you made your own mind up about them? If you know what I mean. Because I'm against them. Can, I'm against yeah. them because that's what everyone else says. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because ev- everyone's like, "Nah, head covers, iron covers are shit." Why have you got them? They look like condoms on clubs, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, you're true. True, right. So you just go, yeah, they look like condoms on clubs. So, yeah, that's my question to you, boys, is do you have your own reasons for not liking them? Well, I'm, uh, a, I'm I, an ex-user, so um, mine's made up <laughs> because I, I have actually just confessed that, that I, I once was an iron cover. This is a safe place, mate. Yeah, yeah, an no, ex-user. No. That's the way you bring it up. I'm an ex-user of iron covers. Uh, yeah. I am. Um, I'm not actually against them. I actually don't personally care. But I I love like the meme quality. Yeah. You know that you can get out of them. Yeah. It's yeah yeah. And I into our Kiwi Golf Club chat. I shared one the other day, but from from my page. But that's that's what I really enjoy and the joke and the laugh. I mean that uh, Cam was saying that story with there with Aaron and how he. Looks after his clubs because they're expensive, and it's the only set he had. And further, yep. further on, like that, that to me is really cool to see that somebody takes that much care. On the other side of that coin, have you seen how many when you see somebody with iron head covers on, but no driver head covers? Yeah, I don't get that. That I don't get that either. Now I'm lost. All right, what are you doing? Do you know what? Do you know what? And this is a little tip for those at home: if it's a hot sunny day, take your driver cover off it and actually heats up the metal in the head. More ball speed, ball goes further. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a free one for everyone at home. What about what what about your balls? Put them under the armpit, mate. Yep. In the armpit, keep yep. the ball hot. Uh, just make sure that it's either clean in place or 
you're on the tee or on the green because you can't do that in the fairway for the new, <laughs> well, golf, for the new golfers that are what, 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 what about clean in place? What if, you, what if you tuck it for about a couple of minutes while you're waiting for your mates to play? You can do that. Well, I actually don't know if that's, can a, you do that? if that's a rule of golf or not. But um, Clean in place is okay. Yeah, clean in place. I'm sure you can put, I mean, you can put yeah. your ball in your pocket, so there's probably yeah, just, no reason. Probably just, just standing just, there rubbing it like this, trying to get like it this. warmed up. Just go like this. I'm just. This is I'm, great podcasting. I'm where this conversation is now going. I mean, if, you, yeah. if, we, if we short bite this for the reels, we're in trouble. All right, that's all I can say. Um, we've got a comment on here from YouTube, Mr. Chris Steele. What's up, bro? Um, it, uh, is it true most places don't give warranty for irons if you use iron covers? I'm not sure about Ooh. that. Oh, don't know about I don't that. Know. Yeah, if we've got someone working in retail that's listening. Chuck it in the comments. Um, I don't know the I don't know the answer to that. That's a good question, Chris. Yeah. He's actually listening from MIQ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, down, in Hamil- down in Hamilton, of all places. Um, <laughs> good to have you on, Chris. First time listener. <laughs> might have to check that one out. I mean, per- I mean, personally, it uh, might come out of who's ever pocket it's going to be on. But you can kind of tell with a um, with a club if it's if it's actually cracked or it shouldn't affect the warranty, in my opinion, because the club's meant no. to be struck, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's all scratched on the back because you can see someone swung the back side of it at a T block because they're a little bit upset, that's yeah, much easier yeah. to work out. Surely, though, if you're keeping if you're keeping good good care of them with iron covers, that's not going to avoid your warranty. If anything, it's probably going to help you out even more. And we've got yeah. Mr. Level Pigs has come yeah. to the party there. Yeah, <laughs> not real, not real. Okay. <laughs> not he, real. He knows his stuff. Yeah, and he and he backed it up with always cover your woods and putter. I agree mm. with you there, bro. One hundred percent. How good? Yeah. Yep. No. Oh, yep. Yeah. Another comment in from Little Pigs. I think he's having a laugh. Yeah. I think he might be having a laugh too. But um, uh, he must. He must <laughs> need it in MIQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Fly in and then you got to sit there for two weeks. Be pretty tough. Yeah, can't, actually, can't actually that long. while Chris is listening, tell us what you're doing in MIQ. Have you got a little um any practice? Um, areas going on for your golf game or anything, bro? Ooh. I, I can actually vouch for him and say that he does. Uh, for those that are, for those that don't know, Chris is one of my best mates, and um, I, can, I know that he's practicing his chipping uh, all hours of the day in there, and he's not really getting any better. But um, <laughs> yeah, if he's uh, that's rough. Check it up. Well, check it up on uh, your Instagram, Chris, if you're listening, and we'll get it sharing on the Kiwi Golf Club Instagram page. Sounds like plan. Uh, there he, we go. Short game, yeah, short, short game, game, short game. Open up the window, bro. Open up now. the window. <laughs> Open up the window and send one into the river. <laughs> but right. talking, talking about that, like you've got your iron covers and we sit there, but what's something else and that, that happens out on the course? Because for me, something that's a little bit like weird that I see a lot is um, the laser coming out when somebody's 20 or 25 meters away from the green. Yeah, like, that does my head in. Like surely there's a there's a better way to act there, but is there anything else that you guys can think comes to mind that that you go like you you've got to be you must be having a laugh. There's no way this is something you do for real. I'll go on more and say when your playing partner gets the laser out and tells you how far it is, but then you grab yours just to double check you're not lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question. Um, I've got a question for you. Would you would you rather them pace it out, or would you rather them pull the pull the laser out? And take half the time. I just eyeball it. <laughs> yeah, no. If they get a, I'd rather. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's because when the laser comes out and then they leave it ten short and then go for the laser again, 
But if they chip it close from twenty, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair hey, enough. Fair enough. Yep, yep. It does happen. It does happen. It, it yep. does. It, it does happen. Um, I mean, I got this idea from a close source. Um, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but no, it's, it, it, it does actually happen out there. I'd, yeah, if they chip that close every time, I wouldn't have. I think someone who paces it out, I'm almost like thinking they're going to chip it in, so I don't really think about mm. how long it takes. Yeah. Dean, what do you reckon, mate? Uh, like I like to eyeball it, but yeah, and I, I, I think if it um, speeds up pace of play, no. I think anything um, that's going to help you just choose a club, play a shot. <laughs> I, I think that's probably the biggest thing right now is, is how how long people are taking to actually get something out of their bag. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. as long as it's as long as it's picking up the pace, I'm not going yeah, I'd love I'd love to know for, for 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 the club golfers out there that if if using a laser or, or just eyeballing it and feeling it um, in that way actually has any impact on how they how they score how they play because um, I know a few players who are um, who are playing and scoring at the moment like they mm. seem they seem to be scoring really really well with no flag sticks in the greens and not even knowing where the flags are half the time yeah so that's another that's an interesting thing well, for me but. well um. They're, they're taking their expectation of hitting it within this area, right, to yep. this area. I've, yeah, yep. like every, everyone is doing well with no flags, but you put that flag back in front of them and they want to hit this rather than this. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because the, the target changes, where I think if you're hitting for the middle of the green, all of a sudden your shotgun spread can catch the sides of the green. Whereas yep. when the flags are tucked and you go at flags, if you yep. miss that, you're going to be short-sighted. You're going to make yep. babies and doubles. Um, but, yeah, the, the analogy that I like to think about in terms of, you know, I love people having all the information, uh, but there comes a point, I think, where if you're playing a game of basketball, how often do you go and measure how far you got to the hoop? Hardly ever. Yeah. Never, actually. Not even hardly ever. Just never. So <laughs> I think you've got to trust I think you've got to trust your instincts a little bit too, you know? Yeah, that's fair enough. I do know a few people that... Um, especially a lot of ex really good golfers that would always just shoot the numbers right just try to hit green and rig um without actually like seeking pins and, and i think that's massive for maybe the amateurs game is yep. to take pressure off them w wouldn't you agree that just hit the green you know and yeah. then five putt from there yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it is pete it is pete <laughs> yeah, yeah it's crazy it's crazy when you think about like maybe like quite a few a few years ago, you could actually kind of hit every green in the PGA and, and, and putt kind of well, and you'd probably win a few tournaments or whatever. But now you have to be just so, so good on the PGA. Yeah. To, and you have to fly to flag. But for the amateurs, like your club golf, if you just tried to hit the middle of every green, you'd all of a sudden yeah. your score would go exponentially better. Mm. And I find it funny, Cam's played with uh, in pro-ams and played with a lot of a a amateurs and he's coaches them and bits and pieces like that too. But you'll sit there and you'll have somebody who's struggling to hit a fairway all day, maybe inside 50 metres, they're struggling to chip it or whatever, and you get to a par three and they'll look over to you and go, you know, seven iron, you know, maybe a little bit of a fade uh, at the flag. And you're like, mate, just green's good. Like, just be happy, happy with that situation. Two putts, yeah. maybe one putt, because your putting's not terrible, and move on. Mm. Yep. Level pegs again. Putting is easier than chipping. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's got a straight face on it. The yeah. The, the other thing, the other thing, touching on on the middle of the green, I think that a lot of people may not think about necessarily is quite often hit, trying to actually carry the ball just over the front edge is probably going to be better for most golfers because they don't really always factor in the fact that the ball runs out. Hmm. 
as well. Mm. But um, I know that that applies to Gold Harbour. Like the amount of members we have that that landed in the middle of the green, ball goes out the back. Yep. They don't repair their pitch mark because yep. they're not on the green anymore. Um, and then the <laughs> then the then the golf course suffers for it and um, their score as well. But um, yeah, that's my thoughts anyway. Hmm. Liking it. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not too confident there. Well the, well, the green's bigger than the pin, right? So you've got more chance of hitting the green than the pin. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. I think um, you know, is now's probably a good time, boys, to 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 have a bit of an air break. You boys have a bit of a drink. Um, and I guess this week, uh, well, I guess what we're going to be pumping the air for is our as our Kiwi Golf Club memberships. Um, Fraser already touched on Reese Williams joining up. Um, so welcome to welcome to Reese. Um, and just a reminder to everybody as well who's on our private Facebook group to make sure that they also like and follow the the public group as well, because um, I think that's where our podcast is getting streamed to, boys. Right? Yep. And the group too. Uh, you and can the group. There. Yeah, but I think the more people we can get to the group, the better, because that way it obviously has a bigger reach rather than it being private. Um, mm-hmm. And to those people that are wanting to sign up to get a new, to get a handicap now that you know there's going to be a lot more people playing golf. Uh, for 200 bucks, I think we've got the best value member- membership pack out there. Um, we get a, a sleeve of Bridgestones, we get a packet of Neurogum, get your Max Golf Protein Bar, get your Level Pigs Tees from Mr. Level Pigs, who's with us tonight yeah. on, online, and then you get a $50 entry into any uh, Kiwi Golf Club tournament that we have, and then you've also obviously got your, your affiliate membership, so you get those good rates up and down the country. Um, and just on those tees, so one of our new members uh, that we announced like, a couple of weeks back, Geordie Gibbons, don't know if Geordie's listening, but he um, got his 30 Level Pigs tees and he said that that's far too many because they're not breaking. So he's um, thinks it's a bad, bad, bad call on our behalf giving away so many. Um, We're giving them away, let alone the guy selling them. Yeah. Now all of a sudden the, the business model there is no good, mate. It just doesn't, I just don't understand how he's making like a living down there. But. Yeah. Like a golf ball you can't lose all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't worry, don't worry. Your mates will steal them. That's what happened to mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is right. He is right, Sam. That the um, the tees don't break. But um, no, great tees. If you haven't if you haven't checked them out, go check out Little Pigs tees. I reckon they're the best in the biz. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I th- I think it's also a good time to mention that if you are someone that listens in and you don't have a membership, signing up for this one is probably the best way to go because the way things are going with our little COVID world, actually having your data registered uh, with uh, like a handicapping system will actually allow you probably to play going forwards. It's going to become more or harder and harder for probably non-affiliated players to get onto golf courses as memberships become more full and we actually need to track that information. Yeah. So there's a benefit for that and also you get a discount at most clubs when you um, play those ones too. So, yeah, stop being that person, just waiting around <laughs> and paying green fees. Sign <laughs> up. All right, we're moving on. We we done with our ads. Yep. We paid our bills. We done with our ads. Paid yep. our bills. We paid All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, beginner golfers do's and don'ts on the course. Who wants to start with that one? Start with D. Oh, ouch. Um, I'll guess. I'll guess. Um, I'll, I'll probably. Well, I'll just start from. Um, maybe just just check in. I mean, I'll, I won't refer too much to. <laughs> what's required under the alert levels but um um golfers are notorious for turning up on time or late um or super early so uh, <laughs> there's 
There it is. Yeah, that that probably is, we are probably as inconsistent at making our tea time (laughs) as our golfers. So um, I I think if if, if guys can maybe just uh, understand that we've got a really tight schedule, we can't sneak people off early and and it's even more difficult to um, try and fit people in if they are late. So um, yeah. Hard. I've got a, I've got a question for you, D. So you're at it. You're at it for most golf resort. Are you saying that your players don't check in? Uh, because Howick is Howick is all good. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Well, I think, I think every yeah. I think everybody experiences it where you know the third or the fourth person turns up late. Um, but I think it's just um, we're a bit of a destination, so people are, are generally yeah. super early or late um, yeah. i mean for the best part of it people are on time but i, I think um you, you know one of the do's and don'ts is it's just like maybe maybe just a bit of time management yep because it 15, can 15 yeah. minutes before time right that's sort of a good rule of thumb if you're a beginner yep. turn up 15 minutes before yep. your time to the pro shop that way yeah. if there's running a little early you might get away a little early and if it's running a little late yeah you've got some time to up your sleeve yeah, I think yeah. if you are, if you, if you know where you're going to, you, you know, maybe just a little bit of research. Some of us are lucky enough to have warm-up facilities, you, you know, so utilise a bit of, um, you know, range practice, a um, bit of putting practice. Um, th- then you don't feel, you know, so intimidated standing on front of the tee in front of the boys. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hard camp. Just a bit of time management. No, I reckon um, on your one there, D, I'm just going to touch on that because I think a lot of people see their tea time being 9am, let's say, and then they think, oh, at 9am, I'll make sure I'm there for 9am. Not um, <laughs> not getting there at 8.45. I know I'm a culprit for that. Like the amount of times I've had a tea time booked to Gulf Harbour for 8.30 <laughs> and, I've got, 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 and I've got in the car at, at 10 to 8 and it takes me 40 minutes to get to the course and I'm just going 1.30 on State Highway 1 um, trying to get there trying to get there in time and I can't stop for a coffee. So, um yeah, now that's a, that's a big one though. We see we oh, Fraser can talk to it more than me. But when I was in the shop at Gulf Harbour, like the amount of times people are coming, sprinting through the the causeway with their bags both in both hands, the wife running behind trying to catch up, <laughs> and they're just yelling at you from halfway up in the uh, in the courtyard. There, so I got a tea time. Um, yeah, that's a that's a big one, D. That's a big one for yeah. sure. Yeah. What's your What's your one for you, Cam? What's your do or don't? Um, I think, I mean, my, my, my do is um, take care of the golf course, I think. Like, um, and there go, I mean, Fraser can, Fraser can touch on his ones, but for me, it's like, I like to think of the, um, the analogy or the story that I use in my head is if you look after the golf course, the course will look after you. And um, like, I'll be the first one to admit there's been times in the past when I've played tournament golf where I haven't been too kind to the golf course. And inadvertently, it's, um, it's come back and bit me in the bum. Um, but I mean, for, for new golfers, I think just appreciating the golf course and taking care of it and, um, you know, making sure that, uh, especially if you're in the bunkers, if you see a footprint, rake it, uh, and just, yeah, just take care of the golf course. I'd say that's probably, that's probably my do. Um, but yeah, phrase, let's, let's hear, let's hear yours, mate. Yeah. Mine's, mine's going to be for beginning golfers. And I think everyone who, who starts out is understanding what speed of play actually means. It's a hot topic, but because you go and play at a great example, like Takapuna, you might be able to zip around there in three hours, but you might come and play. I'll use golf Harbour as an example. It's a four and a half hour round. 
don't take mm. the same rule of thumb of saying I need to finish my golf in three hours to every course. When you mm. go to whatever course you go to choose and play, like wherever you go, work out what their expected time is and enjoy that day and that time that you're out there for. You know, and if there's people that are a bit faster behind you, there's nothing wrong with pulling over to the side, give them a yeah. wave. You know, you're not there to just knock it out and just run back home and be more stressed about anything else. You know, yeah. Take take six hours out of your day, turn up to the course, spend an hour practicing, have a coffee, play golf, have a beer, Cruise. maybe a snack, and go home and really enjoy it. Yep. Agree with yeah. that. Agree with that. Yeah. Nice. Make time to enjoy the day, right? You just got to yeah. make time. Just, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about a three-hour round at Takapuna, I'd love to play in three hours there, mate. On a weekend, that place. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> that, place can, that place can take forever. Yeah, no, I mean, but, like when uh, you're yeah first hour uh, in the yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can get around there quick. I mean, you know, I can play Gulf Harbour in under two hours. Um, after I did all those holes in uh, one day, 130 holes in a day. I yeah. mean, that showed how fast you could play, of course. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? Remember that time we jumped in a cart? Or we had a cart each phrase, and we played 18 holes in like an hour 40 yeah it was actually and one I, of the best rounds i shot too i know like the thing is like you think that take playing real quick is gonna deter- like hurt your game and deteriorate it but it actually for a lot of people will probably help and reduce the overthinking side yeah of it. You, you, um, you don't have time to think and fuck it's pretty fun when you it's almost it's like you're in a go-kart it's like yeah all right, sweet let's go and then you just hit and walk and yeah, yeah um, AJ, that's it yours mate yeah oh just on what you were just talking about ken myself indeed did um that cancer society um fundraiser yeah <clears throat> and we, yeah 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 we had a card each and we got around howick in like an hour 15 hour 20 yeah i think it was yeah man it was so good we played half decent too um but before i get to yeah. mine i just want to pick up on what shauna said speed of play isn't only about learners or new to golf so he's saying some players are guilty of playing slow too. Uh, and Steve Watkinson, Totoko Fraser Bond, LOL. We see you, Steve. We see you. Um, my one my one will be um, just be nice. <laughs> ain't, ain't, okay, Jacinda. Uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody's got to preach the message now. We don't have a be kind action in, in these guidelines. <laughs> Be nice, because the amount of shit that we have to put up with, man, <laughs> as as staff, yeah. you know, and we're not the only ones. Is you know, there's other other um, professions that require this this um, tip as well. But yeah, just be nice to your operations managers, your your greenkeepers, your fellow fellow players, and then should be all good. That's me, boys. Yeah, there's there's a good point to that. If you're a beginner golfer. Uh, this relate actually probably to other club members as well. Um, build a bit of a relationship with your your pro shop staff or your club pro there. Um, I mean, it's worked for hundreds and hundreds of years, and small bribes throughout the year would really help you uh, get a few things across the line. Um, maybe a couple of extra tea times here and there. You know, maybe a couple of golf tips and a bucket of balls. You never know. I don't do those things because I don't give things away like that. But it can't hurt to try. So, yeah. <laughs> Bribery. It's worked for years, and it's a golf club. You might as well take it on. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how that. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing how that eight oh six Saturday tea times always booked, right? <laughs> <laughs> always. Must be Look a at the fine detail. It's the same members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Not not at my club. Moving on, uh, we we want to talk about swing speed. What are we? What what are we? Why are we talking about swing speed, Bondi? Well, Bryson, this is it. Bryson, ah, is I get out it. There. I get he it. He is competing on the world stage of not PGA action. Is actually long drive, and he's not making a fool of himself. He's actually doing some some good things out there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think swing speed was uh, was the way that we sort of brought that up. Uh, I think there was a few comments on the Facebook page, and um, just to see how that affects your golf. Well, I mean, we've got some varying swing speeds in our four ball here tonight. Um, so yeah, maybe 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 Cam, give us a little update on swing speed affecting like yourself or affecting the, the players out there that you coach. Um... Well, I mean, that actually is a good question. I've been marking a lot of assignments talking about one of the ball flight laws, which is speed. But, um, I mean, if you're trying to hit it far and um, want to dominate the golf course, I think distance certainly helps. But you don't want to be giving up any accuracy in that regard. Um, you know, but I don't think there's any any right or wrong swing speed. I think it's just being able to manage what your speed is because I think that obviously is going to influence how far the ball goes. And hitting into greens, like swing speed is obviously... I mean, it is important, but it isn't at the same time. It's just more about trying to actually manage your speed just so that you can manage the distance that you're trying to hit the mm. golf ball. Um, but with driver, just get it out and bombs away. As long as you're not having penalty shots or wasted shots in trees with driver, um, I think, yeah, you're better off being 60 metres hitting out of the rough than 100, 110 metres hitting from the fairway. Uh, I think there's some interesting stats on strokes gained um, that can sort of back that up and say, for, for the most part, players that are hitting 60 metres out of the rough on average, we'll hit it closer than, say, 100, 110 metres from the fairway. Um, so that's a that's an interesting one for me. But, yeah, I think driver, try and bomb it, smash it as far as you can. But then I think with your irons and your wedges, um, don't necessarily go looking for more speed, but mm. being able to control your speed, I think, is, a, is an overlooked skill that not many people practice. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I, I like to use balance personally. As, as a bit of an example of how to control that swing speed. Like, I've got no problem with swinging it as, as hard as you can, but generally you watch anybody uh, swing fast, especially a club golfer, because they want to get a, on the back of a bit mm. one, or get it a bit further out there. And yeah. the posture kind of goes, the balance sort of goes, the shoulders start wobbling around, and not everything works in time. Mm. Um, that's how I'd sort of describe it to people out there. If you've got decent balance, uh, you can generally swing it faster, but that takes time to build. You can't just wake up with it yeah it's an interesting one even talking about balance as a um you know as like an in-swing principle right which is something that people harp on about having to have good balance like it obviously helps but i think if you do have poor balance don't think that you can't be a good golfer doing that like i think there's enough players on the tour let's say like scotty scheffler for me is like probably the most recent example of that like that guy's feet move all over the place uh, <laughs> looks like he's about honestly looks like he's about to break his back going yeah. through the ball like he's falling back he's like all sorts of go all sorts of things are going on, but he's he's highly skilled um, at what he does. Even though some people might say he's got bad technique, and a lot of coaches might try and change that, um, he's still very very proficient at what he does. And Bubba Watson's probably another one, two time Masters champ. Matt Wolf. Um, Matt Wolf. Like there's yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's lots of examples of it, but um, I think you're right, Fraser. Um, you don't want to be swinging so hard that you don't hit the center of the club face. I think that's probably that's probably yeah. what, that's one way to sort of wrap it up. But what about you, D? What about what are what are your thoughts on swing speed, mate? Uh, like I, I think we're all very similar. You, you know, maintaining um, 
a bit of discipline and then, you know, um, by keeping it simple, see the ball, hit the ball. I mean, you've just got to apply a bit of balance and, um, but, but I'm all about trying to crush it. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, you you know, otherwise um, what's the point? (laughs) Yeah. We wouldn't be true to the game. And I, I I think when you see so many tour players being able to achieve that and and even, you know, new to golf, I think a lot of us um, physically can achieve a lot more than probably what we're applying, but it's being able to put all those principles in, in their place. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a supporter of maintaining balance. But man, if you can watch the ball the whole time and just load up, why not? Get after it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I can I ask you a question, Cam? And it's, it's about yeah. um, you're talking about speed and and your irons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why why would you want to <clears throat> why would you want to change speed speeds with your irons and stuff? Talk about that. Why would you want to? I guess yeah, it's yeah. more about, um, let's say you've got like a half or three quarter shot hitting into a green, mm. or you might be hitting into a strong wind or a crosswind or um, that kind of thing where you're trying to control the spin rate. I think if you slow yeah. your swing down, um, obviously there's going to be less club head speed, less ball speed. Um, and if you strike it properly, there's going to be a reduced spin rate, which yep. could hold its flight better in the wind as well. Um, but yeah, I think if you can learn to, let's say you've, I think one, one thing I like challenging players on, and even myself as well, is, if you've got like 130 meters, which well, let's say 135 mark, because that's a pretty common distance. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what they hit. For me, yep. 135 is a nine iron. But if you can learn to hit like your eight iron and your seven iron, also 135. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then that's heading out of the first cut of rough, bit of a flyer, boys. Um, but no, if you, if, you can, if you can learn to hit at like, you know, two or three clubs the same distance, then you've just got more shots in your arsenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, all it is is just a matter of practicing it. Um, in the same vein, and I wanted I wanted to say it before, but I forgot to, was if you're going to hit the ball hard, I think it's really important that you practice hitting the ball really, really hard because I think a lot of people jump onto the first tee or onto the golf course and they just try smash it without actually having, having done any sort of training on that. Yeah. Um, and the example of the story that I heard was when Danny Lee won a 2008 US Amateur at Pinehurst. I don't know if you guys can remember any of that footage, but if you go back onto YouTube, chuck in... Danny Lee, 2008 US Amateur. Have a look at how hard he was hitting his driver because he needed like because he needed the distance over there, but mm. also how straight. And then the the word on the street that I heard was that he um he was hitting his balls on the driving range like that. So he was specifically training in that way so that he could then perform on the golf course like that. Like he wasn't just being unrealistic about his expectations. He actually trained for that. Um, yeah, that that's what well, that's we've just witnessed that in this like modern sort over the last yeah. year with Bryson, right? We've, yeah. we've, you've got to yeah. you remember how fat he was when he came out of that lockdown series? <laughs> like you remember like he put on ton- and he's like I'm just getting big I'm going to hit it for miles and, that, and everyone's like yeah. oh, that's stupid you're being ridiculous and now yeah. look at it you're looking at him and you're going like how straight does he hit it yeah. and how far yeah. does he hit it but that's all he's done I mean yeah. he's done other yeah. things obviously he's practiced his putting too that's often overlooked with him is how good yeah. he is at putting how good he is at putting but it's, that's all he trained for and that's what is that now? Like a year and a half, it must be, of dedicated training of just hitting it massive. Yeah, yeah, about that. It was kind of after our lockdown, sort of a thing. So, um, yeah, it makes a big difference. But it takes time. Like you can't go to the range, hit a, a full bucket of balls at full speed on Wednesday, then turn up on Saturday and go. That's what I'm going to do again. Hmm. Well, I think I think on the tra- on the training side of it, you got to think over 18 holes. You're probably only going to hit 
you're hopefully only going to be hitting maximum 14 drivers. You might have a few short holes where you don't hit driver. Or so reload. in terms of yeah, or reloading if you if you have to do that. But in terms of if you do allocate a portion of your practice to trying to smash a few, um, like treat it like a gym set. Like you don't want to just be going and hitting a hundred of them at full at full mm. full speed because your your body's going to start to fatigue and your movement yeah. pattern's probably going to diminish a little bit. Um, but just portion a little bit of your practice uh, to doing that, and then um, yeah, I think I think if you do that, take it to the golf course, you'll be you'll be away laughing. Sweet. Um, we've got a comment here from. Uh, Mr. Dan Crook, he he should know something about hitting long balls. Um, Kyle Berkshire <laughs> talks about that this week. He hits 50 balls as hard as he can. He said they yeah. shouldn't go straight, training the nervous system to cope with that speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, um, there's a, I think it was Sean Foley, I heard him say something about, like, I, I'm a big advocate for doing slower speed trainings as well, um, even for, I guess when it's learning a new movement pattern or a new um, technique or anything like that, um, there's been proven studies to say that learning the skill is on, or actually it performs better if you do it at a slower speed or even break it down into parts. But he said it's really important to not do every single one or every single golf swing at that speed because your nervous nervous system starts to get used to that and thinks that that's the new norm. So I think just having a plan when you go to the range and supplementing some slow speed swings with some normal speed swings with some... um, you know, with some really, really hard swings with your driver, if that's what you're wanting to try and trying to achieve, then, um, you know, I think that can work uh, really well. But I think, yeah, taking it into the next segment, boys, if you guys want to come back on the screen and uh, join me here. <laughs> right, um, right. The next, the next, uh, that was, that was quite interesting doing that. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, the next, the next segment we wanted to get into is, is training aids. And there's so many out there. I've got a pretty strong opinion on them. Yep. Um, but I guess if, if you boys want to get started, PJ, tell us tell us about training aids and if you use them, what are you using? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, bro. I do not use any training aids. Uh, the only training aid that I currently have is um, uh, an alignment stick. That's that's all I have in my bag, and that's all I've ever used. I've never really explored um, options with with training aids. I know there are a shitload out there. But they are also very expensive. <laughs> um, For so sure, bro. Any reason, why, any reason why you don't use any training aids? Um, just my lack of time to practice. To be honest, man, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I've got I've got a job. I've got three kids. Um, but That's when why I do, you should what, be using them. <laughs> <laughs> where where should I be using them? What we tell everybody: No, you don't have much time to practice. Use this training aid, mate. Buy that. It'll PJ's make it. It'll make nah. you. It'll make you better immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just haven't really had time to look into them, explore them, um, and drill drill wise, um, I probably use a towel. Yeah. Um, to keep connected, under but that's it, yeah. Right um, under both, just to keep connected. Um, but yeah, that's about it, man. Like I've never really okay. gone down that down that road. It's a it's like a hamster wheel, bro. Training aids, but that's my opinion. Anyway, Fraser, you go, bro. Before I go, <laughs> go off on a <laughs> tangent. 
I've got to ask BJ a quick question about his alignment sticks. Is um, uh-huh. do you just use them like on the ground for like body and feet alignment, or do you do the one where you stick it out of the ground in front of you to try to get the ball start left or right? Um, um, no, I or anything like that. Um, alignment and um, I chuck them in the club so I know where where everything is, like in the butt of the oh, club. Yeah. So in I use like club. a like a kind of um, peg to ball point, so I know where it's all kind yeah. of going. That's about it. Work out kind of like a plane sort of a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, <laughs> nah, tend, uh, I tend to get real I flat, know. so. Yeah, okay. Now, I, um, I'm actually a fan of, like, training aids. We've got quite a few that I use, um, but I'm really cautious on how I use them and, and which ones. Like, I'd have at Golf Harbour now, um, we oh, I probably had, like, 20, but then we had Bob McDonald actually join us, um, who's a great coach. Uh, training at training King. Oh, like literally, he's probably got a hundred. He, he put my my set to shame, like, you know. And he's he's even got ones that he's like built himself. He's like, yeah, I made this like forty years ago. And I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome. That's cool. Can I use it? He goes, yeah, sure, no problem. But um, I've been using those all the time. And it's it's you got to be careful on how, who you give it to and how it's applied because I, I think a training aid, you see something and you go, oh, that will stop me slicing it because that's what it what it is. But it can actually ruin your golf. So yeah, I. Every, I think every training aid is a tool, and I'd even put in something like, I'd kind of sneak in like TrackMan and FlightScope as a bit of a training aid on the top, top end, and it's a tool that those top players, and even us, which we use for fitting and stuff now, and, and coaching, uh, use. So you've got to actually take the time to actually know why you're using a training aid and understand the next step of, once you've finished using that training aid and it's taught you whatever you're meant to learn, what's the next one do you go to or do you go back to the same training aid and exaggerate that feeling over and over again? So that'd be my opinion on training aids. They're, they're good, but get a coach to tell you if they're good or not. So, yeah. mm. Yep. Fair comment. D. Um, probably a, similar to you, Peach, where I, I haven't um, gone out there and relied on a lot of training aids. I, I like to use alignment because Two things. Um, I come from a surfing background, so I like to move off the ball a lot to shift that weight and try and find energy and power um, from other parts of my body. So um, I find myself, I lose alignment pretty easy. Um, and then I've got a really strong um, left eye. So I use a putting mirror um, and alignment tools on the putting green. But, but outside of that, you know, uh, for myself, it's just uh, maintaining um, alignment to my target and um, just some alignment issues on the putting green. Um, and then, yeah, the odd track man or, or flight scope. I think they're very useful, Fraser. I agree with you to be able to get some some data and some feedback because I think it puts a lot of perspective on um, uh, going back to swing speeds and utilising... Yeah you know, modifying your swing speed from the T to your wedges, I think can be yeah. massively useful. Um, yeah. That, 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 that application yeah. part, the application part is I had a perfect putt as a putting training aid and tool that I was using that I was absolutely in love with. Like I I thought it was the greatest yeah. thing in the world. You put it down on the ground, you get it all set up. Yeah. It doesn't take long at all. And you release every golf ball off it and it will go down the same line, same track every time. Yeah. And you can yep. just set up the perfect putt, essentially. That's what it rolls like. Yes. And I was using it always, always, always. And then all of a sudden I did a poor um, 
can't remember his last name. Paul Har- Harring- Har- Harrington. Paul, Paul, Paul Harring. Har- Paul Harring. Sorry, Paul <laughs> Harring. I did uh, one of his uh, his classes four what four years ago now, five three years ago. Um, and he talked quite a lot about spin, which is without getting too technical, your putter spins, backspin, just a, just a touch, and creates a bit of a skid. And how with my training, my training and my tool, just kept. Um, releasing the golf ball and didn't create that um, that skid factor that's so important when you're actually putting. And all of a sudden, I went from loving this thing to going, oh, I can only use it for a little bit because then I've got to take that factor into a piece of it too. So it's very easy to fall in love with something, but you've got to keep learning and keep progressing mm. in, in each area. Nice. So can. Training aids, man. Like, you know, strong opinion <laughs> as a coach full time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, there, there's a time and a place for them for sure. Like I've used quite a few over my playing career. Um, Gravity Fit would be one uh, that I use quite a lot. Uh, another one that I started using quite a bit uh, was over the last couple of years at, at various times, depending on whether I felt my swing needed it, um, was the one with the, with the ball that has a rope that you wear around your neck and you wear it in between your arms just to help with arm structure in the backswing. Um, but yeah, don't really use them all that often anymore. Um, for me personally, I prefer to play um, play the game. Yeah, I think they're called the the tour striker um, training aid that one there. But uh, I think now, you know, you guys talked about the data stuff and the flight scripts and the trackmans and stuff like that. But I think the big thing is just a good old fashioned practice plan um, and and keeping track of how you're actually going in in training. Um, and I'll put it, you know, I'll mention it again here, the, the, the Circles platform that Institute of Golf have created, I, I think it's probably the best out there for that um, in terms of measuring how you're performing actually in training. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's kind of just like following a gym routine uh, where you have a set number of practice things, that uh, practice um, tasks that you've got to go and complete um, and then you just go and do it. Because I think the thing with practice, uh, you know, training aids in general is that, you know, for players that I coach, like I, I do prescribe some of them to, uh, my players, but it's important that they know what the use of them actually is and where, where you know, where they're actually trying to get their golf swing because it's very, very easy to just go off on a complete tangent um, and use them either too much or in the wrong way, which can then have adverse effects. So, um, yeah, I think as long as you've got a really good understanding on why you're using them and when you should be using them, um, you know, I think they definitely serve a purpose. Uh, but what really great, you know, I, mean, I think if you boys want to come back up on the screen here, I'll segue this into the next bit, which is, um, and I'll tell you what, it's far easier talking when, when there's somebody to actually. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've, we've, we've been talking um, in the background. We've been talking in the background. We're not going to, we're not going to go there. We're going to go somewhere else. Um, but before, okay. before we do go somewhere else, I just want to pick up on. Um, Hutter's comments seeing some of my mates golf swings over the last KGC um, days over the last few KGC days and don't think they need training aids but they definitely need first aid help (laughs) (laughs) shot bro shot Um, and and to wrap up to wrap up that one I talked about how expensive um, training aids were and then D came in with him using flight scope and track man so shot bro (laughs) (laughs) Work out on a loan package, mate. You'll oh, yourself, Jesus you Christ. Worry. I'm going to have to sell one of my kids to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, um, PJ, PJ, PJ should we, we get to the question there from Marco Cadian? Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, currently, I, uh, currently I, couldn't use the, I couldn't use the driver in the woods. The longer the club, the greater the slice. <laughs> so I settled for five iron. I had it 200 metres with it the other day. 
Do you think getting more confident with the shorter clubs will help me with the driver when I pick it up again? Fraser, do you want to answer this? That's a bomb. Um, I think it's it's a it's a hard one for me. I would say no. I I think it's a different club that's in your bag. The driver is struck differently. Like yeah, you swing up on it a little mm. bit generally. Um, yeah. that's what you should be actually practicing practicing with and hitting and um. Just go to the range and try and bang out that slice by flaring a million right until you learn how to turn it over left. But yeah, yeah. personally, no, nah, you've got to you've got to use the woods to yeah uh, to get to get better with the woods. You can't just I, rely on an iron. Yeah, I think I think that's um that's an interesting point because the I think a lot of people have the impression that your, your driver swing and your iron swing are the same, and that you can have the same swing feels, the same swing thoughts. Mm. You know, apply the same drills to your irons and your drivers, but um, the driver swing is so different to an iron. Um, the fact that, that it's sitting, you know, two three inches up off the ground as opposed to on the ground, uh, angle of attack's way different. Um, the driver swing's more more of a hitting swing, where I think you can you can get away with being a bit more dynamic and trying to smash it. Um, but I think it's something that you've got to you got to almost treat it a little bit differently to your irons at times. There's going to be some things that might feel and look the same with, with your driver and your irons, but there's always going to be, you know, there's going to be some subtleties that I think have to be learned. Uh, I don't necessarily think that the same, I mean, if you want to take the same level of confidence to the driver, like there's no reason why you can't be confident um, going back to the driver, but I think it's just understanding that there are some subtle differences um, between the two clubs. So, you know, like Marco, who asked that question, I actually know him. He's one of our, one of our boys at Gulf Harbour. Um, you know, that's um, if you're listening, you're still listening, Marco. That's something that we can jump on the range and try and sort out um, when we can Book start coaching in. again. Book him in. Send the invoice. Uh, you're going to be good, Marco. We'll get you club champs, mate. Cam will nah, be, yeah. I actually, nah, nah, I, 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 I owe him a, uh, I owe him an on-course lesson. Um, oh, so uh, we'll we'll do that as soon as we can. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, we're we're pretty much at fifty five minutes, boys. So last topic, very quickly. Um, Christmas is soon. What do we get a golfer that has everything? Very quickly, very quickly. Bears. Yep, King. <laughs> King. Yep, I'd take that. <laughs> Done. Yep. Body. Um, I, I, for me, I there's two ones I love to always push out there uh, to our club members and also the wider golf community. One, you could actually tackle with getting your golfer like a lesson with their local club pro. No, no one reaches out and buys their, themselves a lesson probably often enough, so it's a good way to do that. And it gives back to the club and that, that professional with inside your community. The second way is actually buy somebody like a rounder golfer, probably a club they've never been to. And don't always think that it needs to be the most expensive club. Like it's beautiful to go and play like Cowrie or Cape or Queen, um, the hills down in Queenstown, Jack's Point. But what you could do is say if it was like Auckland, you could buy them three rounds at local courses that they've never played um, and actually get them to experience some different local ones around their area. So, I mean, you could go like Clark's Beach uh, in Auckland, Waipu, Southhead, and all of a sudden that's like, what, $80, $80 $90, and they've got three rounds of golf? Like, mm. What a phenomenal uh, present to give to somebody. I mean, that's 12 hours minimum of experience or three days experience for them to go around and play. And those are three nice little tracks that if you haven't played, I'd recommend going and playing them quickly <laughs> once we open up. Yep. <laughs> D. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, a big fan of um, getting somebody uh, some lessons. Um, like you, Fraser, I don't think enough of our members sort of reach out for help, um, and that's that's why um, a lot of club pros are there for to help. Um, 
not just operate the club. So I'm just a big fan of, um, yeah, dive into some lessons. Uh, they're going to save you so many shots. Um, I'm going to go next. Um, get a goal for one of these. Um, you can get them at Neon Sign. <laughs> you can get them at Neon Signs NZ. Um, yeah. Jump. You can jump on their um, their Instagram page. I'll, I'll pull it back to me um, now. If you're listening in, we, we went from a PJ normal sized head to eyeball. Yeah, uh, yeah, real big. As he showed off his new neon sign, which yeah, yeah. is very, very I just cool. had to very focus cool. in on that because it's quite bright. I need to get myself a dimmer. Um, but shout out to Neon Signs NZ. Um, they've got a Kiwi Golf one coming, Kiwi Golf Club neon sign coming. Um, they hook Caddy Batch up with, with a sign. I believe Cam Jones is getting the sign as well. Um, so a huge thank you to Neon Signs NZ. But yeah, right. these are pretty cool. I reckon get right. a goal for one of these. They look sick, man. Yeah. I can't wait till I get mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 my thing, boys. Nice, guy, nice. So I guess that's me. What did you get some for Christmas? I like what Dan Crook had to say. Uh, lessons... Lessons with me if you if you want. No, don't, do <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. There's far there's far better things to spend your money on than that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I can, you can never go wrong with you can never go wrong with a few boxes of nice golf balls to play with. I mean, a lot of people play a lot of golf over summer over that Christmas period. So mm. um, good old fashioned couple of dozen balls, uh, whatever your favourite ball is. Find out what they like. Whether it's your Bridgestones, Titleist, Rickson's, TaylorMade's, Callaways, like find out what they love and then just go get them a couple of boxes of them. Um, you just can't go wrong, and they're easy to wrap as well, which I think makes it a bit, you know, which makes it in a pretty attractive, a pretty attractive present as well. It's so easy to wrap. Um, so yeah, smash it out, keep it simple, and just get a good, good old-fashioned couple of boxes of balls. Um, yeah, that's 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 me, boys. Good work. <laughs> You're right, Bondi. <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted to have a go at what PJ was doing earlier. I've got nothing to show off, but um, yeah. <laughs> what about what do what do we what do we go from there? I mean, Bro, we're almost at times. We're almost at time up, boys. What are we going to yeah. finish with? Um, I know what we can finish off with. Um, a huge congratulations to to Peter Van Campen and Lizzie yeah. uh, for the birth of their their new child. Put, uh, mm. Panapa, Panapa. So, yeah, brother, congratulations. Um, that is that is one of the reasons he is not here tonight. Uh, and one of our other admin, Dion, is uh, filling his shoes or Luke's shoes, actually. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good high to, to finish up on, boys. I don't know what you boys think. That was a great. Yeah, that was awesome. We got a new golfer, definitely Kiwi Club member already. If Peter hasn't signed him up, surely it can't be too far away. Entering the date of birth, mate, one month, you know, get his handicap in. Um, yeah, I, I think if you boys don't have anything else to say, we're going to – well, Pete's in the chat at the moment, so he says, skull, skull boys for, for Punapa. So. <laughs> None left in mind. Um, right, cheers, cheers, boys. Yeah, uh, everyone, thank you very much for joining us on the four ball brought to you by the Kiwi Golf Club. Um, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be back same time next week. Um, and hopefully with some better news than what we had yesterday. So, um, enjoy your <laughs> weeks, folks. <laughs> cheers, boys. Cheers.
Cheers, boys. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Man, this music's so groovy, eh? This is what you start the night with. <laughs> is that it now? <laughs> Shop boys.